Matthew chapter 16, um, as I read this text, this, this text just wrecked me. I mean, it just wrecked me. I had heard this a hundred times, but it wrecked me as I was, the Lord began to shift things within me last night. Um, Matthew chapter 16, verse 13, it says this. Now, when Jesus came to the district of uh, Sisera Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And, and they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. <laughs> I like Jesus. Man, I, I love Jesus. He, sa he said to them, but who do you say that I am? And I like this. Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ. on a minute, the son of the living God, verse 17, and Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven, verse 18, and I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it, verse 19. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Will you just bow your heads with me? Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for your word today. God, I pray, Lord, that you would use me as as an instrument that, that you want to use me. However, God, I, I'm, I'm your vessel today. God, I pray, Lord, that you would speak truth and life to us today. In the mighty name of Jesus, we prayed. Everybody said, all right. How many of you have old uh, picture albums at home? So I said picture albums. All the older generation is like, I got picture albums, right? Um, how many of you uh, younger people even know what a picture album is? All right, a few of you. You guys have it all on your phone, digital, right? Um, but uh, it's, it's funny when you look back over pictures. The older I get when I look back at pictures of myself when I was younger, you ever look back and go, what in the world was I thinking? What am I wearing? What is going on with my hair? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Um, um, I have some pictures of, of me and Tristan after we got married. We've been married for about six months. And it's funny. I think I made, I made reference to this story. We... I had let my hair grow out for six months, if you can imagine what that looked like. And I, I looked like a grunge punk, uh, a grunge rocker from Seattle. And I had, my, I mean, my hair was pretty long for me. And, uh, and then Tristan was a beautician, and so her hair was pink or whatever color she had going on at the moment. And I remember we went to fly to see my, uh, to go to a wedding, and my parents were picking us up from the airport. And uh, we got off of the plane, and we looked so different than what we normally did. My parents walked right past us and didn't even recognize who we were. And, and I look at those pictures now, and I think, what were you thinking, TJ? And I remember people were calling me hippie and all kinds of stuff. I lived in California at the time. Um, but I began to think about that. How many have ever been through phases uh, in life, you know, where you go as, like, for a while, when I was growing up, I wanted to be a cowboy. How many know what I'm talking about? Cowboy boots, got the Wranglers. I bought a few of those expensive shirts. Man, those shirts are expensive. Uh, woo! I had just a couple of them. 
and, and I wanted to be a cowboy. And the problem with wanting to be a cowboy is, you know what, I didn't have any cows. I didn't even have a horse. I had a dog, and I had, we had rabbits. So I'd have been a hair boy instead of a cowboy, right? And, um, and so I went through a phase where I wanted to be a cowboy for a while, and, uh, and that just didn't fit me after a little bit, and I moved on to something else. When I moved to California from Missouri, boy, you talk about culture shock. When I moved to California and I, I started high school out there, I, I realized this Midwest boy didn't look the same as those West Coast people, and I began to change, and I, I, I began to change the way that I dressed and the way that I did my hair and all kinds of things. It worked out. Tristan ended up marrying me. But, uh, and, and, and through the process of that, I, I thought, well, I'll be, a, I'll be a skater. And so I bought skater shoes, and I had all this skater stuff that I began to wear. Guess what? I didn't even own a skateboard. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I, I, I didn't know my identity. I didn't understand who I was and, and what I was. And I'll never forget, I believe it was my junior year in, in football, in two-a-days. Uh, I was a receiver, and, and the thing about receivers are you, you line up, you run routes, you run routes, you run routes, you keep running routes. It's, it's 10 yards, it's 20 yards, it's, it's continually running as fast as you can over and over and over. And we were doing drill after drill, and we went and we stopped and we had a break and we got a drink. And I remember thinking, you know what, I don't want to be a receiver anymore. And so they began to break us up. They said, receivers go over here, linemen go over here. I knew I wasn't big enough to be a lineman. All 120 pounds of me wasn't big enough to be a lineman. And I said, where can I go so I don't have to run routes for the rest of this time? And they said, quarterback's over here. And I was like, Psh, that's me. And, and I have never, never played. I had only played football two years of my life. Some of these guys had played their whole life. And so here I am. I'm like, I'm going to go be a quarterback. I go over there. The quarterback coach looks at me, and he says, Kyles, what are you doing over here? I said, well, you know, maybe a little bit of white light. Well, head coach wants me to be a third-string quarterback, you know. And he's like, really? And I was like, yeah. I mean, I've got a cannon of an arm. And no, not really. Okay, 20 yards is probably the max. And he said, okay. So you want to be, be a quarterback, then you can run drills with us. Well, little did I know, I'm so used to just running routes and all that. I didn't realize that quarterbacks, man, they have a lot to remember. And so we were going through three-step drops, five-step drops, and I thought I knew enough of it. He's calling plays. And so I'm, I'm going back what should be a, a three-step drop, going back five steps. I should be going to the left, and I'm going right. And he looks at me, and he goes, what are you doing over here? And I was like, well, I was just over here. And he said, Get back where you belong. And so I had to run back over there and, and get back where I got belong. And so our, our true identity, listen, I believe that the enemy wants to, to, to mess us up and make us uh, miss our true identity. I spent a, a greater part of my life in trying to figure that out. I, I was really transparent with, this, with students this week, and I said, you know, it wasn't until my to my 20s that I realized who I was in Christ, that I truly understood who I was in Christ. And um, now, now many of you are older and in more mature sense, let's just put it like that. But for you, for you students and for you college kids who are about to go forth and all you young students, you know, uh, the world's before you. And can I tell you something? The quicker that you understand who you are, the better off you'll be. Amen. I, and listen to me. I know you didn't amen, but listen to me. Learn from your parents' mistakes. Learn from your mistakes. When they tell you something, they're not telling you to just, just you know, harp on you. They're telling you because, hey, I have been there, all right? And so uh, 
you know, we've, we need to be reminded, even us older saints and more mature saints, that, that our identity is found in Jesus Christ and him alone. Not our political party. Not our job. And so, and, and I mean, the list can go on and on and on. But here's the thing. We can only do great things for Christ by the power of Christ that is working within us. That's it. Can't do it on your own. So uh, your identity as a believer is built on nothing else but Jesus Christ in you. I like Colossians. And that is what? The hope of glory. So uh, in, in our text today, we looked at a man whose identity was changed by the confession of who Jesus was. Uh, you know, I, lo I love this story. His trajectory, his paradigm. There you go, Aaron. His paradigm was shifted, and, uh, and, and, and God, the, Jesus began to speak things into existence over this, this man. And so uh, how many believe today that your trajectory or your paradigm can be shifted forever and that God can get glory out of your life? All right, for the 17 that amen me on that, you are absolutely right. For the rest of you, I pray your faith begins to rise in this house today. Oh, man. You know what? Your identity, and can I tell you something, even a step further, your identity and this church's identity is nothing else but Jesus Christ, the hope of glory. So I, I want to look at this. And so I, uh, you know, I guess if you're taking notes, you can write this down. I don't really have three points today. I'm just going to flow what the Spirit of God gave me. And so, so let me ask you this. Who do you say that he is? It's a good question. Who do you say that he is? So it says in our text this, that now when Jesus came into the district of uh, Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah, and one of the prophets. I, I love Jesus. He's the greatest teacher. He is He's the best person to watch because he gives us some good. I, I like Jesus. He'll ask these questions to kind of to whet your appetite. And then he'll ask you the question that he really wanted to ask you just to get you a little bit little bit further. And so um, he, he asked a series of questions here to get to the heart of the disciples. You know, how many remember that game, Guess Who? You know, where you got the guys and you cut them up and you say, does your guy have a mustache? No. You know, you throw them all down. Who has, you know, who have a mustache? And how many... So Jesus, in essence, he's playing a little game of guess who here, not necessarily asking them if their guy has a mustache or that, but, but he's asking them a series of questions to get to the heart of this. So, so first Jesus asks this question to his disciples. He says, who do people say that the, that the Son of Man or I am? Who are they saying? And, and I, their response is great. Some say you're John the Baptist. Some, some say this, you're preaching repentance like John the Baptist, that they you know, John the Baptist, that was his, his whole ministry was repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. He kept saying that, preaching that over and over and over and over. And some say that you're John the Baptist. And they said, some, are, some say you're like Elijah. You're performing miracles. The blind see, the lame walk again, and miracles are happening. You, you must be Elijah. And then some say you're like Jeremiah. You, 
you often go away and you begin to weep and, and you pray and you begin to proclaim truth and, and, and you care for the lost and, and they're moving his heart as he weeps over them like Jeremiah wept over Israel. And, and then some even say that you're like the prophet that Moses said would come in Deuteronomy 18.50 who would come and explain the law of Moses. And so they kind of put Jesus in this, this is what people are saying about you. How many are, would be afraid to ask that question to your friends? What do people say about me, right? A pretty bold statement of Jesus. So they, they give him this list. And, and can I tell you this? The world has a lot to say about Jesus. The world has a lot to say about Jesus. Listen to me. Some despise him. There are people in this world who despise Jesus. Matthew 6, 24, uh, Jesus would say this, you cannot serve two masters, you'll love one and despise the other. And some don't love Jesus, but they despise him. Here's, here's another group that we could talk about. Some just simply reject him and want nothing to do with him. In Acts chapter 4, it says, he was the stone that the builders rejected. Israel missed it when he came. He was the foundational stone, and they had the Messiah. He was right there in their lap, and they rejected him. And still today, people are rejecting Jesus, the hope of glory. Here's another group right here. Some love him. Everyone say, I hope that's, say, I hope that's me. I, I love him. Some love him. In John 21, Jesus tells Peter, if you love me, feed my sheep. And he also says this, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. You love me. How many say, I love you, Jesus? I love you, Jesus. And so I, 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 I love this. So my mom, she went to school in St. Louis. She went to a very large school in St. Louis and graduated. And she used to tell me stories about students that she went to school with, a very diverse school there. And there was a lot of Jews that she went to school with. And she began to explain to me that she, would, she was a, a, a Christian and, and would be talking to them about Jesus Christ. And they would just say things like, you know, Jesus was a good prophet, but he was not the Messiah. And so in, in this time, in this place, a lot of people have a lot of things to say about Jesus. But I love Jesus. He brings it, brings it back. Jesus always brings it back to where it needs to be. And he says this, I'm not interested about what people are saying about me. I'm going to bring it back to you. Who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? Ask yourself that question. Who do you say that the Lord is? Have you despised him? Have you rejected him? Have you been? Have you just come here because someone drug you here this morning? Or do you love him? How, are you sold out to him? Who do you say that I am? And I, I love this. Three, three years of ministry, all these guys are there. They're following Jesus, and Jesus says, where do you stand? pretty bold statement really and my question to you today listen is not to make you uneasy but is to ask you as a believer if you are a believer where do you stand where do you stand with the lord john 14 6 says jesus said to him i am the way and the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through who there's one way to the Father, there's one way to heaven, and his name is Jesus Christ, and it's him alone. Amen? 
Amen. And so, and Jesus would also say this, that narrow is the gate that leads to life, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. There's, there's one way. The world says there are many ways. That is a lie. There is one way to heaven, and that's Jesus Christ. Amen? And I make this statement an awful lot. If you've been around here, you, you hear me say this from time to time at funerals that I preach. And I say this, what you do with Jesus in this life will determine what he does with you in the next. So if you despise him in this life, he will despise you. Or if you reject him in this life, listen, he will reject you. But if you love him and you serve him and you follow him, he will love you and he will serve you. Amen. But, uh, but the, the world, you know, it, you know, we say this. The world taught me to, to despise the teachings of Jesus. And we say things like this. But the Lord, uh, I only rejected you to fit in with the culture. It does not matter whether you like it or not. The truth is the truth. There is one way to heaven, and that's Jesus Christ. And it's at the foot of the cross that we get there. Amen. So, who do you say that I am? That's a very pointed, uh, you know, statement. And I can see the, the, uh, all the disciples there, all, all of them sitting there. And Jesus asked that question. And I could just all see them going, who's going to answer here? Because we know this is some sort of setup right here in this moment. And, and I could just see that awkward moment of silence. And, and then, you know, Peter, he steps out. And, and, and Peter is one of those guys. He jumps the gun a little bit. He speaks really fast. He's like me. He's, he puts his foot in his mouth a lot. He, he does stuff before he's supposed to do stuff. He, he steps. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Any of my, any of my people like that? You, you say it before you think about it. And then you go, whew, I should not have said that. And, and so that's Peter. And Peter does what Peter does. You know, I mean, he was the first one that stepped out on faith and said, Lord, is that you out there? And, God, and, and he says, if that's you, call me out on the water. Not very smart, really. And, and so the Lord calls him out, and he steps out on faith. All the other disciples are sitting in the boat. He does that. Yeah, he sinks. But, man, the guy had the faith to step out. He chopped off the Roman soldier's ear that was trying to take Jesus. And, and so he was, he was gung-ho, ready to go for Jesus. But in this moment, he knew the answer. It's like the kid in the classroom. Man, school's about to start. In the back, the teacher asked the question, and that kid's like, I got it, I got it, I got it. There you go, Jaden. Come on, show me, show me what it's like right there. Yeah, there you go. And so, so look at that. And, and so Peter is right there, and I love this. Jesus says, who do you say that I am? And it says this, Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ. The son of the living God. This is one of those defining moments for Peter. I, I love this moment for Peter. I mean, he had a lot of moments of failure, but this one, man, it just gets my blood pumping and going and going. Here's the thing that we need to understand. Listen to your, your true identity is this. You'll never know who you are until you know who he is. Listen, you could spend your whole life trying to figure out everything, what I want, what I want. Listen, there will be a hole inside of you until you know who he is, and your true identity will begin to come forth. So, so let's be real. You know, Peter, I talked about him messing up time and time and t time again. 
yeah, he says, hey, uh, I'll, I'll follow Jesus. And Jesus is like, hey, you know, after Jesus does this great miracle with the fish, he's like, yeah, I'll follow you, Jesus. You know, I, I see these great things. But then he failed at times. You know, it kind of my brother used to say this. You know what? He used to say it's about me when we would argue. And he'd say, don't let your alligator mouth get past your tadpole tail there, TJ. I'd snap him, you know, and then I couldn't back it up. I'll beat you up. <laughs> and that's what Peter did. And even Jesus later on in this very chapter would rebuke Peter. But there was moments where he was just kind of, you know, up until this point, was just kind of floating along. And, and this is Peter's defining moment, a moment, listen to me, a moment that he confesses who Christ is and it changes his trajectory. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. Everyone say that. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. Christ meaning this, the anointed one in the Greek, the Messiah. He is saying something about who Christ was. He's calling for who he was. And the son of the living God refers to Jesus' deity and and, and, and you are sovereign over everything. But I love Jesus' response here. Verse 17 says this. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah. For flesh and blood have not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. Man, you didn't know I was going to be so fast today, did you? How about that? Jesus answered, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood have not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. I want to just point something out to you. Three years earlier, Simon Peter had heard through his brother Andrew about Jesus. Andrew was a follower of John the Baptist. He, where John the Baptist was, Andrew was there. And, and through the process of Jesus passing along John the Baptist, he, he met uh, or, or came across Jesus, and Andrew began to speak about Jesus, the Messiah, to Peter, his, his brother. And, he, and, and the scripture says in John 1.42 that he brought him to Jesus. And, and, and so Andrew brought Simon or Peter to Jesus, and Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Typhus. Now, if you're from uh, southern Indiana, you might say Cephas there. Maybe. I don't know. And that means Peter. So, so three years earlier, Jesus makes this distinction about Peter. He says, hey, your name is Simon, and you're the son of this guy. But let me tell you something. Your real name is Caiaphas or Peter, Caiaphas being the Aramaic, Peter being the, the, the Greek there. And so later, Jesus uh, would tell him to, to cast down his nets again, and they would, they would pull in all the fish. You guys know how the story goes, right? And at that moment... Uh, you know, notice Jesus had a calling and a purpose on Simon, and Simon would say, hey, Lord, I am a sinner. Man, I, I, I will follow you, Lord. You know, you, you, are, you are the sovereign God. He, he even says that in a moment. So, so fast forward to where Jesus calls him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, in our text. And then what does that mean, Simon Bar-Jonah? It means Simon, the son of Jonah. That's what it says, Simon, the son of Jonah. He he says that, says this, and I love this. Your flesh didn't reveal this to you, but it was the Lord in heaven. Scripture tells us this, that no man can come to know the Lord unless 
the Holy Spirit reveals that to you. You'll not come to this conclusion on your own, but it'll be by the revelation of Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit, through the Father drawing you. And when you sit in these moments of, of service and you feel that wooing in your heart, you know what that is? That's the Holy Spirit saying, come on, come on. It's by God's grace that you're saved. He chose you as you didn't choose him. <laughs> oh, man, there's so many things I could say right there. See, many called Jesus the Son of God before this. You remember Nathaniel, he actually called Jesus the Son of God when Jesus saw him under the fig tree and he called him out and Jesus said that, hey, yeah, I saw you under the fig tree and Nathan said, man, man, there's no way you could have known that. But and then he says this statement, Nathaniel says this, so truly you are the Son of God. So he called Jesus the deity of, of, of you know, he said, you, you are, I, I, I see that you're the sovereign God here. Notice there, Jesus didn't say, blessed are you, Nathaniel, upon this rock, I'll build my church. He didn't say that in that moment. But look at this. Fast forward here. You got Peter. God gave them that big haul of fish. And Peter said this, Lord, depart from me, for I'm a sinful man. He, he called out his own flesh and his own desire here. Meaning, Lord, I'm sinful, and you are Lord. I'm sinful, and you are Lord. Notice Jesus in that moment doesn't, doesn't call him out. Look at this, another moment. Jesus fed the 5,000. And what, when he fed the 5,000, Peter comes to him and he says this to Jesus. Truly, you are the son of God. Even in that moment, he's making a declaration. You are the sovereign God. I, I see that. But in that moment, Jesus didn't say, blessed are you, Peter, at that moment either. And and these are all great moments. And, I, you know, where the disciples, they, they are reacting to a response of a miracle that God did. Now, I believe God uses miracles to draw us, but here's the key. You know what draws you to the revelation of Jesus Christ? It's the Holy Spirit. You can chase miracles all you want, but listen, it's the revelation of Jesus Christ. You'll not be changed on the inside unless you know who your true identity is, and that's Jesus Christ and Him alone like this. Verse 18 says this. And I'll say this too. There's only one foundation on which you can build your life. And that's Jesus Christ. I talked about that. Verse 18 says this. And I tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. Whew. That's a great statement. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And notice what Jesus does here in this moment after Peter confesses. You are the Christ. You are the son of the living God. Jesus speaks a trajectory change into Peter. Oh, man, this is so beautiful. And, and there, is a, there is a release, a paradigm shift, a, a greater calling release. And, and, and so his name is Simon. And in that text, it says Simon. He calls him Simon Barjona. And at its root form, Simon means this, shifting sand. The name Simon means shifting sand. But after this confession, you notice what Jesus called him. He didn't call him Simon after that. He called him what? Peter. Peter. We break that word down. There's the, the, the name Peter in the Greek. There's two meanings uh, that Jesus uses. There's Petros or Peter, 
which means a small stone or pebble. Okay, that's one thing. And then there's Petra, which means a massive stone. So what does all that mean? Jesus is saying, blessed are you, little stone, for this massive stone of a confession has revealed something powerful to you. Listen, Peter was a rock, but he still needed the foundation of Jesus Christ. So here's the thing, and I'll say this, just, just bear with me just a few more moments. This church, I, and listen, I don't want you to take this the wrong way. I want you to just give me your ears. I'm going somewhere with this. This church can't just be built on one thing. If we drive through uh, this county and this area, we can find different churches that believe different things. Some are strong on repentance. Some are strong on on miracles. Some are strong on evangelism. Some are strong on uh, teaching of the word. Those are all great things. This church won't be built on John the Baptist, the more morality to repent. Should we repent? Absolutely. And it won't be based off of Elijah's miracles, not Jeremiah's weeping and desire to evangelize, and not the, ex, uh, the, the prophet's explanation of Scripture. Jesus said, look what Jesus said, I will build my church. It's his. It's not anything that we create. It's, it's his church. Now, I think that the church is made up of all four of those things, but here's the thing. Let's keep the main thing the main thing. Let's make sure that our identity is founded in Jesus Christ and him alone. Amen? He's the rock. He's the sure foundation. He's the author and the finisher of your faith. Nothing else, nothing less. Jesus. So let me ask you this question today. Young people, I, I, I know you're about ready to go back to school. Who do you say he is? Who do you say he is? I, I, I was so just burning in my heart when I just was studying this and just rolling over in me. Who do you say he is? He, here's the thing. When the Lord builds his church, when the waves begin to rock, hell begins to come at us, guess what? The church will prevail because it's built on the solid rock that is Jesus Christ. And no matter what hell throws at you, guess what? You could stand your ground because I'm anchored whew, in Jesus. Nothing else, nothing less. And here's the thing, you'll never know who you are until you know who Jesus is. But here's the, uh, here's you know, the bad news is the good news starts with sin. First is me being saying, hey, hey God, I, I'm a sinner. I failed. I, I messed up. The Bible says for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Plain and simple. That's it. We, we mess up daily. Hey, I, I make mistakes. I mess up. But let me tell you something. God's grace is there for you. Will you bow your heads with me? And just in this moment today, I... I just pray that God would reveal his true identity upon us, upon the trajectory of our lives, the trajectory of our church, God. God, I, I don't want to do what TJ wants. God, I don't even want to do what this body wants unless it's aligned with what you want. God, I want to align with you in Jesus' name.
you're here and under the sound of my voice today, just say, hey, I hear you, Pastor. I've made the mistake. I haven't made Jesus the Lord of my life, and I want to know him today. If that's you, would, would no, no one looking around, would you raise your hand? Anybody in the room? Okay, I'll take just a moment, please. Thank you. Thank you for raising your hand today. Anybody else? This is what I, I, I want to do. I just want to lead you. Romans 3.23 says, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And first thing we do is we admit that we are sinners, that we failed God. Second thing we do is we believe in our heart. Acts 16.31 says, And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. So we got to admit that we're sinners. we got to believe in the blood of Jesus Christ. And here's the last thing is this. We have to confess our sins. Romans 10.9 says, Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Will you pray this with me today? Lord Jesus, I admit my sins. God, I am a sinner in need of a Savior. God, I believe you lived on this earth. You were virgin born. God, you did great miracles. But the greatest miracle you ever did was to die on the cross for my sins and to raise from the dead, becoming victorious over sin, death, hell, and the grave. Lord, I believe that you are Lord. God, I confess with my mouth that I am a sinner. Forgive me of all my sins, all my wrongdoings. I ask you, Lord, to be the Lord of my life. God, I confess this today in Jesus' name. Come on, can you give Jesus a hand clap of praise for that salvation today? here today and you say, Pastor, I, God, I've I've become skewed in my identity, and I need Jesus to go back to his rightful place. If that's you, would you just lift your hand? Anybody in this building, just all heads bowed, all eyes closed, just for a moment here, just be reverent. If that's you, would you just lift your hand? I just feel I'm being led by the Lord at this moment. I want to give you this chance. Listen, don't miss your moment today. It's okay. Thank you, Jesus, for this moment. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Today, Lord, I pray, Lord, you seal this word today, Lord, that your Holy Spirit 
God, I believe that we have a, a group of people, different levels of uh, their faith, God. Some have been in this a long time. Some are new to this. But I, I pray, Lord, that you would just re- begin to reveal to them their true identity in you. God, I pray, Lord, they would find who they are through Jesus Christ. Is that their trajectory is that. God, you use Peter in a great way, Lord, to start the early church. God, you could do the same today. So, Lord, we lean into you. And, Lord, we make this confession today. Would you just raise your hand and make this confession today? Everyone say this with me. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Say it again. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Say it again. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Come on and give Jesus a hand clap of praise at this house today.